0: cox bringing us closer in cox serviceable areas speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms apply other restrictions may apply yes it's back again a wonderful show that scored the grand slam in academy awards going my way academy award winner for the best picture of its year bing crosby academy award winner for the best performance barry fitzgerald for the supporting performance Leo McCary for his great original story and inspired direction, plus awards for the best screenplay and the best original song, "Swinging on a Star."
1: Oh, would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar, and be better off than you are.
2: Or would you rather be amused?
0: Bing as the gay singing padre of the toughest parish in New York. Barry is the crusty old codger who can't figure out what the younger generation is coming to. You man, as a, as a matter of curiosity, what made you become a priest? And now those of you who have seen Going My Way once, twice, or even three times will be able to relive every heartwarming, laugh-filled moment again. And those few of you who have never seen it have an unforgettable experience in store.
3: Everything's moving so slow. I don't turn my computer off anymore, I just put it to sleep, and then it wakes up, and now it's like, it's this old, old thing. Anyway, (laughs) nobody, nobody wants to hear about that. Nobody cares, Andrew. Come on, get it together. Uh, Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of uh, Awards That Matter. Um, That's the show that we're doing today. I've been doing a whole bunch of interviews for my other posts, and I keep on forgetting what I actually do, and it's like, I hate doing intros, but my name is Andrew, your name is Dave, and we are here to talk Bing Crosby, out of Uh, all people.
2: Yeah, I, like, this definitely took me by surprise, because if you had told me that Bing Crosby was not only in an Oscar-winning movie, but an Oscar for Best Actor, I'm not sure that I would have believed you. Um, that's not a name that is synonymous with Oscar <laughs> glory for me, but here we are, uh, with going my way starring Bing Crosby, best yep. actor, winner, Bing Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be, who got to be the call cool episode. We just say Bing Crosby over and over again. <laughs> he, he,
3: he beat out, uh, Barry Fitzgerald for better who was also nominated and won for best supporting actor. So, you know, uh, thankfully they changed the rules. Um, after that, <laughs> so yeah. people he also beat be Cary
2: Grant. Cary yeah. Grant, he beat Cary Grant. That's upsetting to me, uh, even though I haven't seen none but The Lonely Heart, um, which Cary Grant nominated for. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Cary Grant is better because I love Cary Grant in all things, so
3: yeah. And look, you know, Ben Crosby's nice and charming, um, but yeah, seven Admi Awards this film won best picture, best director, best actor, supporting actor, writing. Uh, original motion picture story. Geez, they just kind of throw them out when they want to. And best music song, "Swinging on a Star." Do you remember this song, Dave? "Swinging." Yeah, on "Swinging a star? on a Star." I remember. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a nice it's a nice song. It's good. I have no problem with that
2: one. But I just I need you to explain some things to me, Andrew. Like how <laughs> how, how I'm trying. How do I? How did this piece of garbage win all these awards? How did it's not a piece of garbage. It's just like a totally serviceable nonsense movie. Um, but how did it win this many awards? Like because I my first thought is like, oh, it's a weak year, but it's mm. I mean, I- 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 ish. But there are at least three other movies now that are better
3: than going my way. Um World War Two. That's really it. That is the reason why. This is always your reasoning.
2: Oh, the editors are at war last episode. Now, it's because of World War II. We were very sad. We needed Bing Crosby to croon at us. We just, We needed that moment. Just blame. What are you going to do when we hit the 50s? And we can't blame World War II anymore. There is no World War Three
3: Because people, blame- people, it's the baby boom generation. They're all busy having sex. Okay? So that's...
2: <laughs> okay, I like that better. Yeah. Okay.
3: yeah.
2: Well, fair enough. Yeah. They're too busy having sex so we love movies with priests. That's that's what we're going with. That's
3: exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um look that that's really the reason why seriously I think it's the reason why I think that it won. Um because it is a dutifully nice film. It is a charming little film. The plot is so inconsequential. Um is about Bing Crosby's character who's a priest, this young priest uh Father Chuck O'Malley. Young...
2: This is my first problem with the movie is we're supposed to see like Bing Crosby as a young kind of sexy priest uh, coming in and changing things. And he's just, Bing Crosby is one of those guys like Anthony Hopkins was just born old. Like he just like, even in his twenties, the man looks like he's in his forties and fifties. And I had such a hard time getting over that hump in this movie because that definitely is the character they, they are portraying is this kind of young, hip, radical priest. And did, did that work for you? Like, did you buy that? Or does
3: it just feel like Bing Crosby pretending t- to be else- Was things? I turned on by the young hip radical priest? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: does uh, Bing Crosby really get your engine going? That's what I want to know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <is> the important <laughs> question, Andrew. <laughs> Look, he was 42 when he made this film, okay? Or at least when the film won all the awards and all this kind of stuff. So um, is that young in 1940s era perspective? Maybe. Don't know. <laughs> I mean, compared
2: well, to another priest, he's much younger. I exactly.
3: Mean. Yeah. Wow. Um. Look, I don't know. <laughs> I mean...
2: <laughs> I love how you're almost trying to explain it. Look, I... And then you just give up halfway through.
3: It's... Yeah. <laughs> I uh, Watching this film, I was like, this is going to be a hard one to, to talk about without kind of offending our religious listeners and stuff like that. I, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. Um, and... You know, this film kind of caught me off guard, first of all, because it's one of the first uh, people that we essentially meet as uh, Father O'Malley walks into this new town in New York City. Uh, He is meeting the the, the constituents, the people that are supposed to be coming to church. And usually the priest priest would go around and berate them not being there on a Sunday morning. And there's this guy who um, gets his window broken by... This group of kids who are playing baseball out in the street with the cars just driving through and not running anybody out because that's how life works. And mm-hmm. this guy is like, oh, why did you break my window, yada, yada, yada? And
1: what do you think you're doing? I'm the substitute right fielder. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Playing around with a lot of kids, smashing people's windows. A big grown-up man.
0: And a priest besides. Oh, hello. Still looking for Saint Dominics. Yeah. You just wait till I tell Father Fitzgibbon.
1: Look, you keep out of this, will you? Now go on, go on. It's between him and me. Honestly, I'm, I'm sorry about the window. Yeah, but being sorry, don't fix it. Why well, intend to pay for it? When? Priests never have any money. That window will would... Now, wait a minute, my good man. I said I'd pay for it. <laughs> I told you I'm sorry. What else can I say after I say I'm sorry? Well, that ain't the idea. It's the principle of the thing. A priest didn't ought to go around breaking people's windows. It sets a bad example for the children. You cut me, time, I'm contrite and I'm penitent. I told you I'm sorry. Yeah, you told me that twice, but that don't... That doesn't fix the broken window, I know, I know. I think you're just playing hard to get along with. Maybe a little security might help, I... Huh? These were given to me. Why don't you keep them until I've made good? Maybe they make you feel better. They're Mother of Pearl, you see? Hmm? hmm? that'll satisfy you, I, I'll run along. Hey, you. Yeah, I got no use for this. First place, I don't believe in it. As a matter of fact, I don't believe in anything. I can believe that. I'm an atheist. Besides, I'm superstitious. All right, then. I'm sorry about the window. I'll have it fixed. Can I have the ball back? You even throw like an atheist.
3: Father O'Malley tries to pay him with some rosary beads and is like, you know, like you do. hey, yeah, hey, these have helped me before. Here's some rosary beads. The guy's like, ah, fuck off. I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is a really religious kind of narrative and it's really stringently like, hey, how good is religion and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, that's fine. You know, if people want to do. Follow religion, do religion. Um, If they want to do that kind of stuff, that's not a problem at all. But what this film shows is a very rose-tinted glasses kind of perspective of it. Right. And from my viewpoint, at least, um, I've got no issues if religion or followers of religion will like the characters in this film. Very nice and charming and just wanting to help people out and wanting to be kind and nice people. But in reality, nowadays, we know that's not the case, and it's hard to kind of shake the connection of this and something like Spotlight, which is decades later, which, you know... Jesus, Andrew! (laughs) Good Lord! (laughs) I did not think
2: Spotlight was going to come up in our (laughs) big Crosby discussion. I love that it did, but I'm just very surprised. So, it come into your mind at all while you're watching this? You know, no, um... I have a very like I have a very complicated relationship with with religion. I was raised Catholic um and then went away from the church eventually because I mainly because I was a teenager and had like no interest in religion. Um and then of course as you mentioned like being a part of the Catholic church and then all of these allegations coming out and all these horrible things where all these kids were being abused really kind of you know makes you want to put religion at even more of a distance. Um But also, you know, as as a person living in the world, I have seen things I can't explain, like whether you want to call that fate or the universe or religion. I mean, who cares what you call it, as long as you gain some meaning from it? Like, it doesn't matter. Um, And, you know, I look back at parts of my life where I was kind of an asshole atheist, where I was just like, you know, openly mocking people who are religious. And thankfully, I'm not that person anymore. So Mm -hmm. I see myself as like agnostic, like somewhere in the middle, like, I don't know, man, like maybe, maybe not. And either way, I'm kind of fine, because I figure as long as I live a good life, um a kind empathetic life like who cares whether there's a you know a man with a pointy beard um or there's a a giant turtle like whatever it is who cares it's and we're all gonna be fine but when it comes to films i'm i actually tend to be pretty easily swayed by this stuff um and charmed by it um
3: don't and don't drink I was ex- the Kool
2: Aid, Dave. Don't drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> and I was expecting—I was expecting to be charmed by this movie. One, because like Bing Crosby's a good singer, right? I'm gonna mm. enjoy the—I'm gonna enjoy the music. It's—it's um, it's got like a simple enough plot, and it's gonna be nice. And Leo McCarey directed it, uh, and he directed The Awful Truth, which is wonderful. So I actually had pretty high expectations for this, and this movie for me really fell flat on its face. Like I. I struggle you were starting to d- dis- describe the plot and I was like God, is that what happened in this movie
3: like is it even it just, a plot it just you know?
2: disappears it's like oh there's an evil businessman and there's a there's a priest trying to change things and bring in different types of music and there's a you know a mother son story but like and we've talked about this before and it, maybe it's just this era maybe the 40s. In general are not for me. Like, yeah, there are great movies like Casablanca, which we talked about. But there's a lot of other movies that, like, there's no – there's a plot, but there's no engagement with said plot. Mm. There's no connotation. There's no no oomph to it. It's just a nice movie that happens. And, I mean, I guess it's less than two hours, so that's nice. Um, It's another thing that's nice about this movie and like I just I had a big issue with with the the way the movie just kind of plods along and you can tell they are banking on Bing Crosby you can tell they're banking on the music and the music is really good and lovely and there's some very recognizable songs like you know you mentioned swinging on a star like that is a known song like I had never seen this movie but I knew that song so it does feel like a movie that is treading water It's just like, okay, let's get to the next song. Let's just keep it afloat enough until Bing Crosby can sing. Because it's not a musical, so we can't have a song every two minutes. Like, we got to have ten minutes of bullshit plot that we pretend to care Mm -hmm. about, and then we'll get back to it. And that's how I felt the whole movie, where I was just kind of, like, fading away from it and then tuning back in when the music kicked up again. Like, oh, okay, maybe there'll be something cool here. But the rest of it, like, there's no memorable characters, like the... The older priest is funny, I guess. Like it's, you know, but it's is like he? a very, it's a very, it's a very standard character, like that you've yeah. seen in a lot of other movies. Like it's just, it's nothing really exciting. And maybe it was in 1944. Maybe that was like a brand new thing uh, when this movie came out. But watching it now with 2021 eyes, I find myself really struggling to pay attention to this one.
3: Yeah, look, I. I enjoyed watching it. I think it was a charming little film. Um, but I'm glad that we're recording this like two days after I watched it because, lucky you, <sighs> you lazy bum! I watched this like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah. Look, I I I've, I wrote a whole bunch of notes about this because I'm glad I did because otherwise, you know, I'd be you wouldn't absolutely know absolutely oh. screwed. <laughs> And, you know, the plot, again, is inconsequential, but there are moments (laughs) that you just feel like the film could cut out so much fat... Oh, yeah. ...that is unnecessary. Like, there's this whole sequence, it goes for about 10 minutes, where this extra character, this young girl who comes to the church, borrows $10 because her parents don't understand her and she needs to go and live her life and she wants to be a singer and yada, 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 and then she ends up hitching up with the corrupt banker and it's like okay well the banker's daughter uh son rather um geez if it was a daughter it'd be really making it much more <laughs> interesting um yes. but yeah and she hooks up with him and then it's like we spend this whole sequence where his father comes across and finds out that not only is uh are they married, but literally ten minutes later he's heading off to war and it's like mm. Yeah. What, what's the a, point of this?
2: It's very unnecessary and it feels very much like McCary trying to recapture the awful truth. Um there's a it's a it's a very like silly romantic subplot that like honestly, if you But it's not even a subplot. It's so it's so just there. It's a sub 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 subplot. Like it's yeah. very it's very <laughs> unnecessary. But I honestly feel like you could build up that plot into a better movie than what we got. Cause there's some interesting stuff there and it's a funny scene. Like in, if you silo it, if you just watch that scene, it's really enjoyable and really engaging much more so than this whole, this whole plot line of like, who's going to take over the church and who's in charge. Like it just like it, none of that stuff is ever in doubt. Like, so I actually liked that scene that you're talking about. You're right. That it doesn't make any sense within the context of this movie. But it's, like, a little enjoyable moment, as is the, the kind of moments with him, like, trying to kind of change the music um, at the church. Like, I think that stuff is really good and, like, how defeated he is. It's actually a really good performance by Bing Crosby when basically the guy says, that's beautiful. That's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Uh, but, no, we're not going to do that. Like, there's there's no way we're doing that. And it is this moment of, like, no matter how good you are at your job, if you go against the status quo – you're gonna run up against some problems, and and it's also I think they got actually an actual like operatic star uh, to come in and sing that part, which was lovely. Like again, alone in a silo, that musical performance, wonderful. Does it matter? Does it does it stick with you? Like no, not really. Like it just it just kind of lays there. And these are the type of decisions that the Academy Awards makes repeatedly that drive me crazy. Like it's just like what. Like they pick the most, and they do this all the time. They pick the most harmless movie that everyone's gonna like. So they're like, okay, this is fine. This made, the, and I think this movie actually that year made the most money. Like it was the number one box office movie of the year, six point so,
3: five million apparently. You know, yeah. so it's a big success. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So it's a it's a safe choice, right? It's it's got a star in it. It's got music in it. It's a crowd pleaser, um, but. I mean, this is the this is the I think this is the position the Academy is always in that I actually don't envy is there's a lot of backlash constantly about like, well, if the Academy would actually nominate and award movies that anyone had heard of, then maybe people would watch the Oscars. But then you have assholes like us. 70 80 90 years later going like well that movie actually stinks what about these movies that have stood the test of time right so there's no winning right like you could pick the movie that made the most money but then years later even five or ten years later people would be like that's that movie's not actually that good just because everybody saw it doesn't make it a good movie you know like that would be i mean imagine imagine the shit show if avatar was the best picture winner like people, or Joker. Like, I mean, could yeah, you imagine right. a Joker like that? Yeah. If that was
3: given the seal of approval of like oh, this a is truly the best terrible movie. world,
2: yes, yeah. that would be bad, absolutely. But you know, not to get too off topic, but like this year also had some good nominees. There was one very, there's one very bad nominee. Wilson is terrible. <laughs> it's it's honestly one of the worst biopics I've ever seen. It is Isn't... awful. Like and it's long. It's yeah, I was just... gonna say it's like ten hours long. Yeah. It's like it's like 320, something like that. Like, it's long. Um, Since You Went Away is a nice little movie. That's like a—that would have been, like, much more of the crowd-pleasing choice that I would have gone with. But then you have Gaslight and Double Indemnity. Like, classics, both of them. Wonderful five-star movies. Just fantastic. Uh, and we go with Going My Way instead. I get Double Indemnity—actually, I get both of them not winning because they are kind of genre pieces, right? Double Indemnity is very much a film noir— and and Gaslight's kind of a like relationship drawing room thriller, right? So it's it's and they're both very dark, very dark subject material, but they're both so good and Going My Way is so not good. Like, can you is there anyone memorable except Ben Crosby in this movie? Is
3: there anyone that like sticks with you? Yeah, there is. And there, it's a good segue to one of the aspects which I really like about this film is the kids and ah, you know, the, Jesus. Like, the kids. Boo! <laughs>
2: You're getting soft in your old age,
3: Pierce. <laughs> well, all right. So these these little scamps, you know, uh, these um, they're full of so much buddy. Uh, like their their accents are so strong, and like um, and that's that's You're my not me. you me. Do better. <laughs> but but what I love about them is how you know, their their New York accent is really New York. Like it's very, um it's Your New New York
2: accent is horrible. (laughs) It's just it sounds like a frog dying. It is the
3: worst. (laughs) Well that's what they sound like and you know, and it's understandable because they come from the streets. And so therefore, you know, they're a little bit um rough. They're a little bit, you know, uh, roughshodden and all this kind of stuff and they need, and they need somebody to get straight. And this is the thing, is is the problem with Going My Way is it has 50 million plots going on, on inside it, and so none many. of them actually matter. Yeah. And, like, the, the two main plots that I feel exist are We've got to get this church out of a mortgage and successful and stuff like that. There's and always a
2: mortgage. Andrew. There's always
3: a mortgage. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, Bing Crosby's <laughs> grand idea, and it's like you can tell that he's continually thinking about something. Like, how do I get this church? And he's like, "Fuck it, I'll write a song." Yeah, solves everything, know, man. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that you can sell? Like, you can clear a mortgage just with a song. You know, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, not I'm in only... America.
2: I guarantee you. <laughs> Sounds like an um, Australian problem. That's
3: <laughs> it is an Australian problem. Yeah, you, you go up to a bank and be like, "Look, I don't have any money, but I, but have I this do song. have this
2: killer song and dance number I can show you." My name's yeah. Bing. How are you?
3: In... <laughs> <laughs> in fact, there's no dancing. I'm just going to sit here at this piano and 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 sing you a song called "Going My Way." Um, which is the worst fucking song? Like, like out of all the songs, it's just, it's just a boring song. And I it's love no, that sequence.
2: It's No swinging on a star. Like it's, you know, that's clearly the best song in this movie.
3: It, yeah, maybe. But I mean, I'll get back to the kids in a second. But yes. I, I, um, I really enjoy that scene where he's sitting there and they get the bankers in and all the the people. They're not bankers, but the people that buy songs, the song buyers whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Can I have
2: that job? I want that job. I would like to be a professional song buyer. <laughs> I'll
3: take five songs. Thank you very much. <laughs> five of your best songs. Oh, <laughs> shit. You gave me five going my ways. Um, and he sits there and he sings going my way, which is the second time we've heard it. And it's awful. And it's just awful. And, and they're nice. They're nice people. And they go, look, great song. Great song. Not for us. It's a very high-class song. We think that you should sell it to the high-class people. And Mm -hmm. then, like, the kids are there and the singer is there and they've got these, you know, Met Opera singers and stuff and the song buyers disappear and they're like, let's just sing another song. And they sing this song about um, animals and stuff, which is great. I, I really like that song. It's nice and charming. Infinitely better than going my way. And then the creeps that the song buyers are are standing behind the curtain and they're like, we'll take that one. And it's like, (laughs) what the fuck? Like, there was a whole dialogue in between, like a minute of talking in between playing two songs and you just decided to hang behind the curtains. That's a little bit creepy, but you know, I, I found that particular aspect of the narrative just bizarre because coming back to the title of the film, it's like, you decide to call it Going My Way and... I understand that's what he's trying to do as a character, but it's like, it's just not, it's not a, it's not exciting. It's not interesting.
2: Yeah, the best, the best descriptor of this movie I can think of is just ineffective. Like, it's just, it's just not an effective movie at all. Like it, and there's nothing, and it to me it's like the worst kind of movie, right? Because there's nothing so wrong with it that you can like react to it. And be like, oh, my God, this is a crazy thing that's happening. Why would you ever make that decision? This not, it's not the musical Cats where, like, they made that movie and they made every wrong decision you can imagine. So it's like, this is so interesting. How did we get here? It's not that kind of movie. And it's also not good. It's also not a good movie, let alone a great movie, which is what the Academy, in my humble opinion, should be in for. Right. You should be reaching for greatness. The closest thing to greatness each year has to offer in the field of cinema. That's what you're looking for, Um, which is why I tend to like kind of back away from this. Like, well, if they would just nominate some popular movies, if Spider-Man would be an Academy Award winner, then everything would be fine. Like, uh, like, I don't I don't like that either. You do need to find a happy medium. There's something wrong with a great crowd pleaser you know, getting an award or getting nominated, that's totally fine. But if you lean just on that, then you have my way. Like that's what this is. This is the like crowd pleaser that means nothing, that is nothing, that made a lot of money. So we're going to, we're going to throw an award at it. Right, or in this case, seven awards at it, nominated for ten, which is just mind blowing to me that this nothing movie gets nominated for all these awards when there's Cary Grant movies and Betty Davis movies and Gaslight and you know like all and great film noir like just like what are we what are we doing here? And it's that's like the most the most passion I feel for this movie how annoying it is um that it got all these awards because like as a movie if you take out the Academy Awards conversation from this. This is a totally harmless two-and-a-half, three-star movie. Like, it's just, okay. Nobody would remember fine. it. Yeah, It's fine. Yeah. No one would ever remember it. And like, oh, remember that movie Bing Crosby, like, played a priest? Wasn't that weird? Anyway, and then you move on from it. And this is a movie that you move on from this is a movie that doesn't inspire thought it doesn't inspire passion it doesn't inspire a smile let alone a smirk like it just (laughs) kind of lays there and it's a fine like it would be a fine movie to put put in front of your kids like okay we can watch this silly movie luckily even though it's older there's nothing wildly offensive there's no blackface there's no awful stuff it's like a totally harmless movie that i can't imagine hating this movie I can't imagine loving it either, but, like, could you imagine someone watching Going My Way and getting, like, just all up in their feelings about it and really upset about it? Like, there's nothing here to get really passionate about, and I don't want a nothing movie. I want a movie that makes me feel it.
3: Yeah, but then they keep on moving this priest around from church to church, and he spends a lot of time with the kids, and it's just like... Andrew, there's something there. <laughs> now I hate this. it,
2: see? This is... <laughs> Thanks, Mark Ruffalo from Spotlight. They knew, and they let it happen to kids! Will you calm down? Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, and there's a couple plots here, like you said, there's like 900 different plots. And yeah. I think probably the thing that's most frustrating about it to me is there's at least two or three plots to have a, you know, a germ of an idea here that are good. And I could imagine a very good movie. But that's not what we got. We got a harmless. And it's, this is the ultimate definition of a mediocre movie. It's completely mediocre. It doesn't upset anybody. It doesn't make anybody really happy. It doesn't ruffle any feathers. It's just there and it's fine. And Bing Crosby sings at least two nice songs. He sings a song about animals. He sings, you know, swinging on a
3: star and it's nice. So I get the impression that they kind of wanted him to be a bit like, um, obviously, uh, this film didn't exist at this time, but a bit like Dead Poet Society in a way. Like, the seems. Oh, scenes... so. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Where he's this this inspirational figure and trying to lead the kids and stuff, and that's really nice. Those seem really nice, and I enjoy that. That's the that's the aspect that I'll remember about this film, where he's trying to be a good male father figure for these kids who don't have a good male father figure, and it rubs off on them, you know. Right. And he does it in a way which I think is really it's bribery, you know. I'll take mm-hmm. you to the ball game. I'll take you to go and see the pictures, and. If you do that, you have to sing in my choir. And it's like, okay, cool. No worries. We want to do those things and we'll sing. Yeah. So
2: I I do want to agree. I think the kids here are pretty good. Like it's especially for child actors. Like it's enjoyable. And I I keep having this thought as I'm watching more and more of these older movies, like kid actors used to be better. Oh, much better. Like, I can't remember the name of the movie now, but there was another movie that I watched for this podcast, like one of the nominated movies, where it was like this old man, like, you know, it's Pied Piper. Was that what it was? Where he was like the kids in the middle of the war and he was like protecting them and shepherding them. Kids in there were also really good. Um, Bunch of old like Jimmy Cagney movies where the kids are enjoyable and fun and funny. And this one as well. And I don't know. I wonder when when in film history we just took the left turn. And like kids were just so obnoxious um, in film because these kids are really good. Like that's one of the plot lines that I had no trouble like getting behind and following Mm. and going like, oh, yeah, this is this is actually an interesting story. And I would have watched a whole movie with Bing Crosby Crosby being a father figure. It really works. I was very surprised by that.
3: I'd say to be the 80s when that really kind of swerved. And, wait, wait, you know... wait, wait,
2: wait. Is this your way of talking shit about the Goonies? Is that what we're doing here? That... See, I know you. I know your little insidious ways of talking trash about movies I love, sir. So you watch yourself. Why don't you go watch Mac and Me and watch the kid in that who sucks? You pull out one of your nine copies behind you. Yeah. That stupid, horrible trying... movie.
3: It's somewhere in there. It's somewhere in there. No, but seriously, I think, I mean, that's a, that's a cade where the Disney were like, let's put all of the young kids in the leads and you end up with a whole bunch of really noxious films. And there's a reason, I mean, there's a reason why films like The Goonies and um, other films, and I say this, like, I should have them off the top of my head, but there's a film like The E.T. Goonies. Yeah, E.T. That... They stick in our minds because they cast well with the great yes. actors that are in there, yeah. the young actors that are in there. I mean, Henry Thomas in E.T. is just, like, one of the great performances from a young kid.
2: Okay. Um, Glad you added that. I thought it was, like, one of the great performances ever, and I was like, well, let's pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> is, a young kid. Okay, good, good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> then there's going to be, you know, there's hundreds of films that are just forgotten from that era because they were Thankfully. terrible. And the kids were yes. terrible. Yeah. It's- um, Absolutely. Then but again, yeah.
2: maybe maybe I think these are so much better because these are the Oscar nominated movies. Right. Maybe there's plenty of movies from the 30s, 40s, 50s with kids in them that are just as awful, but they're not remembered. Right. But the 80s movies I grew up with. So I saw all those, even the bad ones. So like I have this, you know, image in my head of these terrible child actors. Maybe there's some terrible child actors in 1944, 1945 as well. Who knows? But so far, the movies that we've seen, like with kids in a main role, have actually been pretty solid.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I... All right. So as we kind of lead to wrapping this up, um, because people don't need to 50 minutes listening to us talk about this film. Um, Nor do
2: they need to spend two hours watching it. Don't bother.
3: <laughs> do you have any... Like, what? what's your favorite child actor performance then? Um... Hmm, that's a very good question
2: let's see um well the kid in um uh cinema paradiso um is really really good just a tremendous i mean it's a tremendous movie um Mm -hmm. period and then um kid in empire of the sun uh also really good um there's a lot of good little guy christian bale yeah that kid that kid christian bale (laughs) who grew up to be a, a jerk who yells at uh yells at pas that guy um, he's very good in that movie. There's plenty of good child performances, as long as they're
3: not named Jacob Tremblay because he stinks. Yeah, I don't like him at all. I'm glad he's not an Oscar nominee. Um, yeah, <laughs> the only reason I says I just we I recently rewatched for about the 50th time, uh, Night of the Hunter, and oh, it's a good one. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Billy. Chatham. Also, just a
2: great movie. And people, if you have not <laughs> seen Night of the Hunter watch that it's also it's like a quick lean mean movie it's yeah. got to be like just over an hour and a half like hour and 40 somewhere in there and that's 92 mean...
3: minutes yeah
2: oh yeah. 92 minutes there you go yeah it's really really good oh my goodness
3: yeah it's a powerful film um billy chapin and sally jane bruce who play siblings in that and they kind of carry the whole entire film alongside robert mitchum just i was gonna phenomenal. say let's
2: not let's like crazy robert mitchum yeah. is kind of a big part of why that movie is so good yeah but yes they are very, very good.
3: And especially, sure. like, for Pearl as a character, she could be very insufferable, but she's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I guess kind of wrapping up with going my way, um, I just find it amusing that um, the the old priest, Barry Fitzgerald's old priest, who was just such a nothing character in a way, but Oscar-worthy, I guess, Um tries to get the uh, young, new hip priest fired because of him teaching the young kids how to sing three blind mice. And that's maybe the other scene which I really enjoy in this film where he's like, nah, nah, this guy's got to go. Three blind mice, yeah. I can't stand by yeah. that.
2: Yeah, too radical, too radical. Blind mice, three of them? We can't possibly. It's no. too much, too much, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. it's like I said, like anytime there is a confrontation, it's so strange Like, it's just like, what are we, what are we said about exactly? Like, I'm not even following why you're angry about this. So so it's a movie that just, you know, again, it just kind of lays there. Even when they try to manufacture some tension, it never really lands. I don't think you ever feel really worried for any of these characters. Like, you're just like, yeah, Bing will be okay. You know, mom will show up, sing Tula Rula or whatever, and it'll be fine. And it is. And again, it's a totally fine movie. Everything ends up fine. Everything feels fine. And you'll forget about it and feel fine within an hour of what?
3: Great. Okay, so it doesn't matter.
2: (laughs) No, it's so important. No, it doesn't matter at all. Like, I watched it like a week ago, I think, and I've already completely forgotten about it. Like, it's gone from my brain.
3: Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever watch this again in my life. Um, no am way. I glad I watched no it? I don't know. You know, again, as well, you're saying... Seems
2: really strong. Like, I'm again, I'm fine that I watched it. Yeah. Just like everything else in this movie. <laughs>
3: fine. All right, so that's going my way. Seven Academy Awards it won. Um, and yet a film like Spotlight only wins two. I know it's not comparable because they weren't competing against each other, but it's like... Pretty
2: weird comparison anyway, yes. This is... Yeah. Does... <laughs>
3: can't shake that out of my mind does the amount of awards that a film wins matter like is that something of value at all yeah i
2: think so actually um i think it when you have that kind of dominance at an awards ceremony it's one of two things are happening um either it is like this a solid to good movie and a crowd pleaser um or it's so great that it's undeniable
3: right it's just like yeah
2: Yeah, like Titanic, you know, Lord of the Rings, like it became this cultural event, right? Mm -hmm. So that becomes important to look back on. Like when something, you know, Gone with the Wind in the same category, Um, when you have these moments in film history where something wins that many awards, it should cause you to sit up and take notice. Like, oh, this is something, whether I like the movie or not, something important was going on this year with this movie and i think it's interesting to try and figure that out right with uh, with something like titanic it's like a diving back into a time where like romance was important and melodrama um actually seized the day with lord of the rings it's a not only cultural event for that movie but a build-up of over like five to ten years of this series you know building and building and building and finally having its moment in the sun. Mm. That's an impressive thing. Um, So, yeah, I think it's important, but I think it happens for many different reasons.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important. And it does kind of (laughs) lean into, um, you know, wondering why something like this would be so successful. And the only real thing that I can come up with is that, you know, going my way, and here's here's a line that we'll close on. So social media is done that day for, and then for me, the curb AU for both of us awards don't matter. All right. But going my way, I think is probably one of the strongest reasons to not go to war. It's like, it is one of the most pro peace films because when you go to war, people need something that makes them feel good and they have to reward it at the best picture as best Mm -hmm. picture.
2: You go to war, you get shit like this. Yeah. Don't go to war. Don't I love go to it. war. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Mikey Pat. <laughs> Good night.
0: Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details.
2: Let Safeway help you unleash your globe with your favorite personal care products. Right now with Safeway, get great deals on all your favorite personal care products, like Head & Shoulders Base Shampoo, Pressed 3D Whitening Toothpaste, Listerine Antiseptic Mouthwash, Sensodyne Sensitivity Fresh Toothpaste, Degree Women Antiperspirant Deodorant, or Soft Soap Liquid Hand Soap. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local Safeway store for more deals and specific details.